Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, I'm Rob Federick, and I am excited to be here. Rob Schulte here, and uh, wow. It's been another uh, uh, routine of each one of us actually picking a movie, guys. I almost forgot what that felt like. It's been right. it's been awesome, actually. You know, like yeah. getting back to our oh. little bit of a routine here in season two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I am particularly excited about this one because while we have had a guest talk about an animated film, we have not yet fully reviewed an animated film, and I'm proud to announce that we're reviewing one that's actually relatively new. Mm-hmm. Soul, everyone. Woo! Yes. Soul. It is brand new. So therefore, uh, I just watched it. What when you when you told us that it was going to be the movie of your, uh, your choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week when we uh, when we started incorporating the uh, hey, what are we going to review next week uh, clause? But uh, yeah, released on Christmas Day, twenty twenty. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say relatively new because oh god, it's just a last year movie, man. Yeah, it's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually 2020 movie. So, I mean, we are in 2021 at this point, so uh, it is a little old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it yeah. is the newest. Fi- like we've gone from like last week reviewing the oldest film that we've reviewed to reviewing the newest film that we've reviewed on this show. Exactly. This- it's kind of so, crazy. <laughs> well, I'd like to say that in season two, we're out with the old and with the new, but that wouldn't be real with uh, Madrigal with the movies because no. uh, we're uh, we're all over the place. We're we're good. Cinephiles, everyone. We yes. like all types of movies. Exactly. And with know. that, I guess I'm going to give this rating. Yeah, yeah. Give it a rating. Let's do it. So for Soul, everyone, I think I'm going to actually take the less violent route this time and say that everybody should watch this movie because it delivers a very soulful message to everyone alive on this planet right now. Take, take the soul and hit yourself with your soul. Well, just give yourself a nice little warm, soulful hug. There you that? go. Because like that. it is a movie that uh, touched my soul. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm Ooh. excited to hear what you guys have to say. But <laughs> I think right now it's time for back of the box, guys. Back of the box. Woo. Oh, what's in the box? Uh-huh. There's no way Rob could have a VHS tape of soul. But... <laughs> A metaphysical being uh, brought itself to my desk today and really only did like the transparent cube that you draw on your notebook in eighth grade, that kind of art. Yeah. Uh, and and pretended to be a VHS box of soul. And I flipped it over and it said this. Ever wonder where your passion, your dreams, and your interests come from? What is it that makes you, you, In 2020, Pixar Animation Studios takes you on a journey from the streets of New York City to the cosmic realms to discover the answers to life's most important questions. Wow. So I didn't watch this on VHS. I watched it on Disney+. Plus. It was just more convenient. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have to get up and put the VHS in the... You didn't have to rewind, you know. The clock was blinking 12. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So, guys, uh, 
I got a question uh, right off the bat because I saw this movie uh, on Christmas Day, actually. All right. Uh, with my girlfriend, and we both absolutely loved it so much to the point that my girlfriend actually watched it right after we were done again. She watched it back to back. No kidding. Because it meant so much to her. Uh, she also is a little biased in the sense that she's a music producer, and the music, which we'll get into, like struck yes. a chord with her. Trent Reznor. Yeah. So good. Amazing. Uh, I mean, we're hiring him for the writhing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and Atticus, uh, uh, I always forget his, his other I think name. it's Ross. Atticus Ross. It's essentially the two people who create everything for Nine Inch Nails. Correct. Yeah, exactly. The music Correct. for Soul. That I just can't even. <laughs> so, while that was a factor, I also think this movie, for me, in my opinion, has been the deepest movie that um, Pixar has released. And that really? is saying a lot with, you know, a lot of people thought Inside Out was that kind of a movie. But I think that Soul was far more powerful, in my opinion. Mm. What do you guys think? Okay, so I wouldn't say every Pixar movie does what Soul did, but every Pixar movie has like a moment, I think, of introspection. Or if you just kind of like look at yourself in- Tugs like, on your heartstrings. Yeah, but also like makes you be like, oh, you know, I maybe that's something I didn't give two thoughts to, but maybe I should. But um, yeah, this one really got to me. I really- agree that it is a warm hug of a movie but uh i think i was a little jaded at first like oh i know what this is gonna do you right, know oh I, right. I get it it's soul it's gonna be sad and then happy and it's like but it's so much more than that when you actually like yeah stop trying to be i don't know tough guy or something you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> leave yeah. that to me i'm kidding <laughs> you didn't have, you're like i will not cry in this yeah. one and then you're like holding back the tears like i'm not i'm not doing it yeah um, Peter, what did you think? Oh, man, it was very soulful. <laughs> <laughs> it was very touching. I, I actually really enjoyed it. You you were asking whether uh, any other Pixar movie has ever tugged on your heartstrings like that. Well, is it, uh, I was meant, is, has it been this deep? I, I think uh -huh. this has been their deepest movie. I see. Like, yeah, I, see. I didn't really like In-N-Out. Inside Out. Inside Out, whatever. Yeah. I, I thought Toy Story was really, really, you know, it was... The first Three. one or the third? I think the third one. The I like third the third one. one. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that one was really, you know, uh, soulful. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that uh, this one is a, is a cut above all the others because it is kind of an introspection. It is a, uh, you know, a look inside of yourself and, and uh, you know, to find out who you really are, you know? Yeah. That's what I really liked about it. It's like a self journey. You know, he started looking at himself and his life and how boring it was. And he had a different view of himself. And then he finds out from the third person perspective that his life ain't that great. And she actually 22 actually calls him out for that. It's all like, this is going to yeah. be interesting. You know, yeah. you know what I think what I, he's what a I regular Joe. Right, right. Look, I remember one time my dad took me to this jazz club, and that's the last place I wanted to be. Well, like, the reason I bring this up, guys, was because Inside Out was considered to be kind of revolutionary for its time. It's like, you know, they personified emotions. They tackled kind of like the teenage depression and, and all these kind of topics that were a little bit, like, sensitive for certain people in a very unique way i mean let's let's face it when uh, bobo or whatever the imaginary friend disappears in inside out like i that plucked at my heartstring a lot but mm -hmm. what i think what i mean by deep though is that this is the first time i feel like pixar has ever dealt with the topic of life and death in a very surreal metaphorical way also about you know it tackled 
you know, dreams and, you know, kind of like life's path and stuff like that. And a lot of mature topics that I was not expecting to experience in this movie. You know, Pixar's always tra- uh, tackled, you know, mature topics here and there. Like, look, let's face it. The beginning of Up is just one whole like ju- that's just one that's one short jerker. film. Yeah, it's a tearjerker in and of itself. But I think that this one just really also talk tackled like all the you know ideas of the afterlife in a really scientific surreal way that i thought was so good but you know it would take a second watch through to really catch everything that they were trying to accomplish yeah Yeah, i thought that like they did a very good job of um not dumbing down but softening a lot of these big concepts so that essentially families could watch it and it wouldn't just be like inside jokes for the parents and then like overt jokes for the kids that sometimes you'll get in stuff like this. But it really was just like a well-crafted universe or cosmos that like transitioned all ages. Like you're going to enjoy this one way or another and get the same message. One thing I will say that I really liked about the character Joe was like like I said, he's a regular Joe, but like everybody out there, he's at his tipping point. His life could go one way or another, and I found that very fascinating because you know a lot of people they 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 can be teetering yeah. on that tipping point and never actually get there. And he technically finally gets there after he dies, but he technically, if you think about it, he didn't even get there. He died before he even tipped. Right. You know? Well, he was in a coma, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. he's got the job. By the way, I don't understand how his mom can't, he can't do both. He can't right. teach and then do at night, do the the jazz thing. Well, yeah. I think I think the movie, and this one struck a kind of personal chord with me a little bit. This, yeah. this, this sub, not, well, not subplot, but this part of the story is that, you know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a filmmaker no matter what. Yeah. And I assumed when I was in middle school and high school that by the time that I was like 35 and stuff like that, I was going to be a mega famous director making big movies and all that. And life didn't necessarily pan out that way. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen at some point or whatever. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting with Joe's character was that it felt like, yes, while this was his passion, this was driving his whole life and he was focused on the one thing and he was kind of drifting through life, forgetting about all the other little things that he was enjoying along the way. He made his life about this one moment. And while that's important because it gives you purpose, he didn't realize that he had this whole big experience around him uh, that that he was missing. And I thought that was very important because a lot of people do waste their lives chasing for something. It may not pan out exactly how they wanted it and then they feel like their life is a disappointment. And I thought that was a very important mature tone. You're never going to believe what just happened. I did it. I got the gig. Yes. I, I know. I know. Dorothea Williams, can you believe it? Hey, pal, you're going to get hurt. Well, it's like um, you can get a million great reviews, but then the one bad review, it's kind of like, well, why couldn't I have just been perfect? Why couldn't you you get so hung up on the minutia that, yeah, I mean, force for the trees situation, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I also think that this film goes to show you, you know, someone once said this to me and I've probably said it on one of our episodes before, but like, he's like, Everyone thinks they're the star of the movie that's playing in their head. Mm-hmm. But 
some people recognize that that's what all people think. And some right, people yeah. haven't crossed that gap yet. And right. I see that in Joe's character in this movie, in that this is kind of the journey that like, as much as you want to say what you love and what you're going through and, you know, where you've ended up and the problems that you faced, like you do have to step outside yourself to like, be like, Oh, but there are all of these things that made up all, all of the decisions I've made and the people that I've, I've, I've affected. And I, I don't know. I just saw that like really jump out at me when I watched this and I thought it was, I really enjoyed how he came to his realization of like, it's everything. It's not just, yeah. this is my purpose, you know? Well, guys, I also do want to try and tackle uh, a little bit of the music, but uh, should we do that after a break, perhaps? I think that's a perfect idea. That's a good idea. (laughs) All right. We're back. We're learning how to how to take a moment for ourselves and for commercials. Uh, Rob, Thank I you, wanted soul. To, <laughs> I wanted to hear what you had to say. You you left me wanting more before that break. So I wanted to uh, address uh, the music uh, about of this film because one, it uh, as soon as I started hearing the soundtrack, I actually thought it was one composer, and then I had to actually look it up, and then I realized, oh, no wonder. Of course, it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, right? Uh-huh. I initially thought it was uh, Thomas uh, Newman, right? Who had done Wally and Finding Nemo and Finding Dory and all, because he had this kind of. I thought it was Daft Punk. Really? I thought, because it sounded very eerily similar to Tron Legacy. Yeah, it had those electronic certain, undertones yeah. and stuff. But then when I saw that it was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, I was like, it made complete sense, mm. right? And and I had listened to Nine Inch Nails' free albums, Ghosts, which are just phenomenal instrumental oh, yeah. pieces um, and, and great cinematic moments. But the other thing, too, about this movie is that we also have the jazz aspect, which Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did not do. Um, and it is just phenomenal how... Well, Pixar does, I feel like they do it in every movie. They just know how to convey story through music, man. And they I do. thought that this movie had that. There were space. two different stories going on. And, you know, you had the ethereal with the Trent Reznor stuff, and then you had the jazz, which is the more earthy stuff. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which I found, I, I, I enjoyed every part. I got a question. Has, has Pixar ever done a bad film? Yeah, I mean, I, I I started thinking about that while I was watching this movie, and I was like, Pixar. I mean, have I seen all of them? I actually to tell you the truth, I haven't seen Cars, so there might be a reason behind that. And then the dinosaur one that they did, I didn't see. The that Good one Dinosaur was probably their least reviewed, Touted. like highly reviewed movie. I think it was okay. the one that kind of fell through the cracks in a lot of ways. Like, and I think it's universally understood that Cars Two is not good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've had a couple of, of of not bad movies, just not as powerful as the other ones they made. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think the whole Toy Story, all four of them are very powerful films. I mean, you may not like three as much as I do, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I enjoyed three. I thought it was very emotional. I just had a very big problem with the Academy this year, because <laughs> that year, because it was uh, going against... Um, I think what was one of the best animated films of all time, which is How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, that's true. And I thought that movie just had way more 
originality. It had a more powerful moving story, which was to me, it hit me because I had a dog at the time and it just reminded me of my relationship with my dog. But the music, everything about it was great. And I think it was a, it would have been a close call, but I just thought that How to Train Your Dragon was a much better fit for the best animated picture than the third installment of an already successful franchise. True. It was pretty right. good, but I just think it, was, uh, it wasn't deserving of it. That's my opinion of it, though. I loved it, though, however. I really what do you did. think, Rob? Is, uh, does, uh, does Pixar put, put out a good product every time? Pixar has a formula, and uh-huh. Pixar knows what story they want to tell. Um, sometimes those, I think really hit people in different ways. I think soul really hit me in a way that made me, you know, take that moment to go, oh yeah, maybe you're focusing too much on X, Y, or Z. Um, but I don't know. Then you make a cars too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys. I highly recommend if you guys are interested in Pixar movies and and anybody who's listening to uh, a wonderful book to read is called uh, it's called Creativity Inc. It's written by Dr. Ed Catmull, who who works at Pixar. He's one of the big founders of Pixar. And he talks about the foundings of Pixar all the way up to the point that it is now and how they harbor a creative environment to create stories the way they do. And they talk a lot about their story process and how directors can pitch ideas or writers can pitch ideas for stories and how they develop them to get them to be as successful as they are. And they have a really unique way of presenting where everybody's ideas are heard. They foster an environment of just good creativity of of good energy good vibes and stuff like that where feedback is is very constructive sometimes they've had to go back to the drawing board up was an originally a movie about two kings and two castles in the clouds that were competing against each other and they had gotten about to like i don't remember what draft but they basically broke that down and said you know what this isn't working let's go back to the drawing board and then we got the up that we saw that is very cool i can God, it feels like so many times you you work on a project that you get so far up the ladder that it doesn't even seem possible to be able to start over again. Right. So they know what they're doing when it comes to making movies, which maybe answers your question, Peter. I know, right? Maybe I'm just a- Especially by like criteria that we judge movies on. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, the the highest ranked thing on someone's top yes. ten list, but it right. can still convey the story perfectly. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like Superman too. <laughs> well, you said it. I feel like Richard Donner is going to reach out to us. I know. <laughs> through like a crystal. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, yo. Oh, no. Uh, it is interesting. I'll mention one more thing about that book that I thought was great is that when they were making Toy Story 2, the, Pixar was uh, culminating a lot of success based off of the first one and the movies that they had done. And there was so much pressure on them to deliver the sequel that they basically overworked their employees. They forced it. And and apparently there was this mishap that one of their servers went down and started deleting the entire render of the movie two weeks out before its release. Oh, wow. And, you know, apparently they pulled the emergency plug. They lost about 70% of the film or something like that. And they were lucky that they were able to recover it from one of the producers that was on maternity leave that had a backup drive on her that had, you know, most of what they had lost. And then they just had to kind of fill in the gaps, right? And they looked at this error and they didn't investigate who was responsible for it. They tracked it down that it was apparently 
every night when you finish the renders, there's like a code that you put in to clean out the cache of like the memory that you don't need, right? But if you don't input one certain line, it'll erase everything in the drives. Wow. And I guess that one person was so overworked, they didn't do it and it caused this issue. But they realized then uh, that they were like, listen, we can't foster this as a creative environment. We need to chill out. Yeah. We need to make sure that we're good to our employees to foster a, gr- a, a, a good place of creativity so that everybody feels that they're working uh, with dignity and not overworked. And after that, they changed their whole formula and it, and they say that that is what attributed to their success. So, I think it's an interesting thing to look at and it kind of ties into the world of soul a little bit uh, too, which I think is, a, is an important message. So, Hey, um, speaking of important messages... I got to know, what were your guys' like favorite moments of this movie? <laughs> I had a few, actually. I like the way the movie started with the, with the weird, the, the jazz that's being played. And it's not, it Cause doesn't it was the work. School kids. Yeah, it's a bunch of school kids. <laughs> but um, what I found funny was a line from one of the Jerry's. They're all like, because uh, Terry's <laughs> like, the count's off. 151,000 souls going to the great beyond every day. It's 105.2 souls per minute, Jerry. 1.75 souls per second. And I count every single one of them. Yeah, the accountant, uh, Terry's like, the count's off. And one of the Jerry's is all like, the count hasn't been off since centuries. Who are they <laughs> referencing? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, when I, when I heard that, I was like, Jesus? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Oh, wow. Dude, I never thought of that. That's amazing, Peter. <laughs> I was all like, who are they? Re-? Uh, but it, it probably isn't, but they just they threw that in. Or any number that- of like earthly, like religious figures that have come back or something. Yeah, right. That's great. <laughs> it's like that. the count hasn't been off for centuries. Yeah. what are your other moments but uh and then the other one that i really liked was um was tina fey being a karen you know she's all like i just use this voice because it annoys people (laughs) (laughs) are they doing like a karen thing or something (laughs) i I guess (laughs) i don't know i just i thought it was great there were a few different moments i my probably my favorite is when uh he starts playing the piano at home drifts off into like you know he he's so focused on the music that he brings him back to the soul world you know to look for i thought that was you know a really interesting you know because like you ever have one of those i remember i used to black out on stage when i did my school plays way back in the day really when i was acting i didn't even think about the lines or anything it was just like i was subconsciously there yeah doing my part yeah you know nice. it's very you were in the, in the ethereal soul world yeah yes so I, I I understood that, you know. Very cool. Yeah. Rob, what about you, man? Well, I really liked like it was creepy, but with the lost souls, when you started realizing like, oh, this could be dangerous. Right. But like then how they explained how uh, lost souls work and how they could be saved and all that like really was touching. Um, 
because I think we've all been in those like stagnant places in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. But also just like the visual of the helicopter seed falling. Yes. Like, yes. Just looked great. Like it yes. was oh, yeah. a great part of the movie yes. as well, but it just like Yes. It popped. Those autumnal like colors and stuff, just like it was beautiful. I really liked it. I think Rob, I, I share that moment and another one uh, with Peter that that were my top two favorite moments. The helicopter seed for me was, I mean, I remember my girlfriend was just in tears at that moment, but I just remember thinking that th- this movie had so many rich undertones of like they just explained everything so well and all these little nuances to create this world and then all of a sudden they bring it back to this simplistic moment where a simple helicopter seed can make you appreciate life you know what i mean like that was something so uniquely powerful which tied into the second moment that i loved which was the epiphany moment when joe sits down and plays the piano and it's this very amazing trent reznor piano track you know what i mean like and it takes him back to enjoy, like appreciate like wow all these moments that i've lived when he first tried this and when he did that whatever and I, it made me look back and go oh my god he, they're so right you know what i mean like you you have to look back oh my yeah. god i was just going to say and like all the stuff collected throughout the day becomes the sheet music essentially cuz it exactly. just gets placed in front of him it was yeah. so good it was it was so unbelievably powerful that one moment with that soundtrack again that's why i wanted to mention the music earlier because i thought it was so well done that that one not like i forced i I was trying to have my macho moment trying to hold my tears back on that one because uh i rarely cry in movies but that was that was tough for me man it was tough you know uh, another moment that i thought was hilarious was my dad was a big knicks fan back in the 90s (laughs) he was was he (laughs) (laughs) he loved patrick ewing and the knicks (laughs) way back in the day you know what i mean and you know i was a big uh when they went to the playoffs in 1999 against the spurs i was cheering for the knicks and they lost of course and i I thought the reference that you know she was messing with the Knicks the <laughs> yes. entire time yes. was just it, it brought me like I was all like oh man yeah it's her fault that they never won <laughs> oh my god I thought that that was a nice little tidbit you know but isn't that interesting how that movie moment that has nothing correlated to anything yeah. about you all of a sudden brought you back to memories mm-hmm. of you and your dad you know yeah. what I mean like that's Basketball, amazing you know you know. Oh, so god. I thought that was a very interesting little correlation there I, I it spoke to me <laughs> we'll take a break and be right back Okay, we're back. It's Magic at the Movies. We've watched Soul. We all have a little soul in us. I think we are, we're all understanding that. I hope now, I'm not guys, soulless. <laughs> this did not this did not uh, um, seem to disappoint any of us. I want to know your guys' big takeaways. I can go first cuz I kind of talked about it earlier. Um, yeah, this really points out that like you need to take a step out of like yourself and assess your day to day, how you're going about things because you can succeed at something you enjoy, but you cannot obsess. And I love the way it was conveyed. I loved how our main character, Joe went on his journey and learned. Um, I loved how 22 learned. 
I think one thing I didn't talk about that I just really loved looking at was the giant escalator to the big dot. The great beyond. The big light. Yeah. Like a very simplistic scene, but just looked really great and told you everything you needed to know. Um, I was genuinely scared when Joe like leaped over the edge, like, where yeah. the hell are you going? Um, and I just really appreciated this movie and I can't wait to watch it again. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my takeaway from this film was, um, uh, it was like, it's uh, what you were saying, Rob is self realization. You know what I mean? Is like nobody's life has to be like, I mean, his life uh, from someone else's perspective was sad and pathetic, but he loved his life, you know? And, yes. you know, you have to, you have to come to grips with what you're doing every single day. And, and, you know, I, I can, you know, I can fall into depression too if, if I wasn't like, you know, working towards something, I suppose, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of like my takeaway from this film. I, I, that's something I really enjoyed, you know? I really enjoyed that he enjoyed what he did. Well, for me, story-wise, I mean, I'm not too far off from what you guys are thinking, too. It's just that, you know, I, I've always been a very passionate individual. Like I said, I relate to Joe in the sense that I've always pursued my passion for filmmaking since I was a young kid. And I felt like that almost defined me in a lot of ways. But the important thing, there's a great line where one of the Jerry's says, passion. Like, you humans think that's everything or something like that. And 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 they're like, you, like it was kind of like, oh, how wrong you are. It it's important to have passion because it gives you the purpose, but it's like, make sure you stop to look around for yeah, a while. So like, like don't let that be the only driving force of your life. Like have it take you places, but enjoy the places where you are. And mm -hmm. a lot of people that fail to live in the now, which was something that I thought was so beautifully done with the duality of their characters with 22 being the person that didn't want to experience life. And when she's there, she starts to take in every little moment and it's like, you know, looking at it through a kid's eyes where like a, a slice of pizza is is a blessing or the helicopter seed. Any little thing just kind of sparked awe. And I think that it's super important that we all live in the now to enjoy the little things that we have because so many people overlook that. And yeah, live every day to the fullest. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be doing a grand gesture. You don't have to jump out of an airplane every day to give yourself <laughs> meaning. Like. You could literally go to the park and look at a flower and say, oh, that was a great day. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really powerful and, and interesting. I mean, I think they have, we have a winner. You said it yourself at the beginning of this. And I wonder, guys, hmm. what the next animated film will be. Probably not for a little while because before we go into another film, we have to do another wild card movie. That's correct, guys. It is that time again. Wild card. Um, wild card. <laughs> I'm gonna be bringing the tequila. Woo! I'm ready. Well, there, apparently, there's been there's been a demand. It, it seems to be popular demand. <laughs> yeah, Rob, do you give in to demands? Do you negotiate? Do you think we should? For, I, I I don't succumb to peer pressure, but in this <laughs> case, I have so much fun falling into peer pressure that uh, I am willing to indulge this. Great request that has been made. How are we going to do it, though? Are we going to do another trivia or what's the deal? What are we going to do? The request by popular demand uh -huh. is that we bring back another shot movie trivia. <laughs> Tequila well, shot movie trivia. I'm down. I think we all know that we like to have a good time. I did get one wrong the other day. It was like uh, Keanu Reeves uh, 
question and I, I threw in Donnie Brasco. I don't know why I did that. that that's, a, <laughs> that's a Johnny Depp movie. <laughs> so like, but I was already wasted. So I was just like, oh, this movie, that movie. I can't remember what that is. John Wick, uh, Matrix, uh, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> those those like, speed rounds are, are a lot of fun once uh, once the alcohol starts once to take effect. Once again. Because I was listening to that episode and I was all like, uh, that's not Keanu Reeves, Peter. <laughs> You're also not the only one who made those mistakes. I think I remember saying like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas when I was like, of course, that's Nightmare on Elm Street in my head. And just yeah, well, I think you said it the other way, right? Yeah, you said Nightmare on Elm Street instead of Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. uh, uh, (laughs) So they're a lot of fun and we're the only ones left feeling silly audience. Um, If you haven't, go back and check them all out because... They're fun, but our livers can only take so much. We can only do one of these every every couple of months, guys. Yeah. Every three months? Yeah. yeah. We haven't done this since last year, right? No. I think it's yeah. been like three months. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. It, so it's, it needs to come back. It so. does. Yeah, and I'm ready. And I will be bringing a whole... We'll probably finish the bottle of tequila. Let me tell you what. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this is the problem of having uh, tequila shots uh, trivia with uh, with a bunch of cinephiles and, and filmmakers. It, it becomes a lot more trickier and challenging than I thought it would be. And audience, if you guys are not driving and feeling uh, fun at home, you guys should definitely join in yeah. and see how many if you guys you, get If you right. get the answer wrong, you got to drink. <laughs> you know, it would be a good idea, Rob. Uh, you were you were talking to me about this before. Um, over on the Magical at the Movies Instagram page, people should take a look and uh, stay subscribed because maybe there will be some... Uh, Movie trivia influence happening over there. Yeah, there might be some uh, interaction with uh, uh, or interactive experience there. So let's uh, let's definitely uh, have that happen. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, thanks for bringing this movie to the table today, Rob. I am so glad we all got to watch Soul. I'm glad I have Disney Plus now. There's so much crazy stuff on there I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, audience. Leave us them five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast. We're really uh, appreciative of all of those and uh, keep up the good work. Peter, do you want to take us home? I'm going to part ways with everybody on this thought. Does every soul before they are born get a mentor? <laughs> and with Ooh. that, with that, uh, for Robin Rob, I am Peter Madrigal, and you are listening to Madrigal at the Movies with Robin Rob. You will be hearing from us next week. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes, or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler, or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. (laughs) 